You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey guys, welcome to the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And on today's podcast, we have a very special guest. Well, like the most special probably, guest. The yeah, most like, special guest we've ever had. Yeah, I don't think there's been a bigger name, a bigger star on this show. And oh, yeah, so. yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. He is the co-host of the Blue Milk Boys podcast. He is the co-host of the... Frito and I, I forget your partner's name. I'm just gonna call him Matt. Frito and Matt's nameless podcast, next podcast. And we have Frito on. What up, homie? Hey, and and, and it's the Ron, my boy Ron. Ron, 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 Matt. Man, same difference. He'll understand. I love my guy, but no, I thank you guys for letting me on. You gotta thank Daniel, time. man. Daniel, Daniel was Daniel was just like have Fredo on. I was like, right. <laughs> no, Daniel's a man. He, yeah, shout out. Yeah, no, shout out to uh, Daniel. He's uh, he's good people. He makes he he at least makes me laugh on uh, on Twitter, and that's what I'm pre- pretty much there for. Just uh, just for the laughs because yeah, I, I'm there for Howard Bexton. Oh, you're here for. <laughs> I'm there to just anger people for whatever yeah, reason. Pretty good at that. You I mean no, you, you really got like Giants Twitter really mad? <laughs> Oh my god. No, they've been pretty bad. I think the worst one was, I don't know if you guys watch My Hero Academia, but... I do. I made a Quinn tweet. Doesn't. Yeah, I made a tweet that Deku and Bakugo are better characters than Naruto and Sasuke. <laughs> and, bro, I kid you not, I, I was lying back in her account, like, at least a hundred different tweets because I was getting mass reported by that fan base. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I love Dude, it. I, well, I think it's fucking crazy. Like, like they're, like, I've never had any... And I'm like, I mean, I'm not like bananas or anything on Twitter, but I feel like I just say shit. And like, I've never had anything pop off like that. Like, not once. That's crazy. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. It's anime fan base, they go a lot harder. I found the, and he said, each one is life. He will get my account at whatever cost. <laughs> <laughs> God, I just, uh, I love Twitter sometimes. I just love the insanity of uh of people. Didn't you, uh, didn't you, uh, who'd you anger? You said the uh, the prequels ruined Star Wars, which cracked me up because I knew you were clearly yes. joking. And was it fucking uh, Josh Everly or whatever his lame ass name is? Who's like a yes. is he the math fan? Yeah, he's the math fan who's like talking about shit. And he just he was like, no, the prequels had a cohesive story. It's amazing. And you're like, bro, bro relax. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, I I tweeted that out, and I'm just, I'm playing playing time. 
I go on and I say, what's going on here? And I see him. I see another Star Wars account. Yeah, I had to tell him, bro, just don't worry. Like, yeah. Uh, Fre- yeah, Fredo, Fredo gets uh, – he also, like, it's actually amazing how mad he gets Nets Twitter. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually amazing. Which is, like, because they're, like, the most sensitive. Like, they're they're easily the most sensitive fan base. So it's, yeah, like – Yeah, so it's, like, anytime – like, if you just say factual things like, you know – they're playing a lot better without Kyrie Irving. Like you can, like you can just say that and not even mean it. Like yeah. Kyrie sucks, and they're just like, bro, you don't understand. Like the team is still gelling, and Kyrie, like it's like, <laughs> yeah, but like you know, he thinks Earth is flat. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, it is fun to mess. Yeah, you can't defend uh, flat Earthers. I mean, we're, it's 2019, right? Like, I feel like there's certain points we're just not defending certain people. Like the anti-vaxxers, we're not defending. We're not defending flat Earthers. We're not defending Nazis. Um, like. I don't know what's going on. Like, right. I feel like so, so he just put in Mike. Like he just randomly put in Alonzo Trier in the fourth quarter, and like Zoe first two touches jacks up a three both times. <laughs> like what? Oh. The fuck? All right, yeah. For for you guys who probably who who don't understand what's happening, uh, Schwinn is also catching up on some games, so he he's probably just going to be shouting stuff on the uh, another great Knicks win. They uh they beat the uh well since we last recorded they destroyed the Nets, which was a masterpiece. They only had what was it seven two point field goals? They were held to like twenty seven percent. Eight two point field goals. Eight two point field goals. Yeah, yeah, it's it's literally the lowest um two point field goal. Yeah, in the shot clock era, and it's yeah, like, it's and it's up, and it's like, I think the next highest was eleven. <laughs> so that's like, yeah, I mean, that's just historically amazing. Bro, and that we were blowing them out, and it caught back up in garbage time, and a lot of like, like twelve points. Uh, that's how bad the Knicks are. But I, yeah. I, I, they, they don't, they don't want to give us credit for that. Well, like, also, like they. Um, like, like, be there. Like, I saw like Dinwiddie after the game was like, "Yeah, bro, we just like shot like terribly," and it's like, "Bro, do you think the Knicks shot well? Like, thirty six percent from the field." And like, yes, the Knicks suck, ha 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 ha. But like, like the Knicks, like most, no, the shittiest offense in the league doesn't shoot thirty six percent from the field. So like, you can't, you can't be like, "Well, we just shot way below our average," and then also be like. Yeah, but the Knicks, like, like you know what I mean? It's like, eh, actually, then you have to just use that for both teams. That's how that works. But also, like, fuck the Nets. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's pretty, much, that's pretty much it. And then they had another great win. They they had to slow down Gary Payton the second first because for some reason <laughs> the Knicks can't handle him. But <laughs> they pulled out a uh, a victory against the Wizards, which was nice. And uh, Julius Randle went for his third 30-point game in a row. He's been crazy efficient since um, – Mike Miller's been the head coach, which isn't, to be honest, really isn't, like, that shocking because Julius Randle was a really efficient player coming into the Knicks, and Fisdale was that awful of a coach that he couldn't, like, figure this out. But in any event, just Randle's been playing really well. That's been actually really, like, nice to see because, like, I've been, I was on Julius Randle Island, then I sold all my property off of Julius Randle Island because he was, like, that bad for Fizz. And then it was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have sold it because, like, I knew he was, like, a good player. And Fizdale was that bad of a coach. He's ruining everything. And you kind of see that right now. He's pretty much ruined so many people's perception of all these Knicks players as, like, Holy know, shit, that was a fucking sick pass. And then Portis kicked it out. What the hell, man? What are you. <laughs> what are you. Uh, what, are you what pass are you talking about? Frank threw this, like, absolute dime to him in transition. He's under the rim, and then he kicks it back out to, like, Randall. Like, what are you doing, bro? You oh, never yeah, that pass the ball. <laughs> you don't like passing. 
Why are you passing now? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that was a um, that was an interesting game because I actually wasn't too big. You're almost done with the game, right, Schwinn? Yeah, I'm watching. Um, it's like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and okay. somehow we only score 14 points, and they somehow only score eight. It was yeah, crazy. it was it was crazy. So the main point of the podcast is we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions for the players, coaching staff, team, front office, all these sort of things going heading in because New Year's is coming up, and we got to be super cheesy, you know, play into the, uh, the holidays. We should have done a Christmas episode. That would have been great, like the uh, the Star Wars Christmas episode. Fans would have really appreciated it. But <laughs> I do want to talk about this game, and I want to hear Schwinn's thoughts because he wasn't in the, uh, at least online or in, in our Slack when I was saying it. I actually didn't think Mike Miller coached that great of a game, like this isolated game because he's he put Peyton back in, and Peyton was, I thought, absolutely dreadful against the Wizards. He he couldn't pass. He still could, he wasn't running the offense. He died on every single screen. I thought he was just so bad that he shouldn't be playing, yet he wanted to close the game out with him. And I thought that was actually just a really stupid decision. Not that Frank was, like, off the charts amazing, but he was definitely better than Peyton that night. And I just I didn't understand that. Uh, so, I mean, without having... But, like, my thought... I, I've been saying this, like... Uh, I said this... I argued about this in the comments the other day on PNT, and it's like... I So, I think that, like, Miller is... Yeah, okay, so... I think the, the biggest people right now that I've seen, like, their minutes cut are Frank and Knox. And then I think the guys that I've seen, like, their minutes tick up the most are, uh, well, like, Portis and Payne, probably. Uh, is that... More or less accurate, you would say? For the most part, yeah. Then Taj Gibson's yeah. minutes have been yeah. cut, which is, you know, it's Taj. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he, like, I think they signed, he's, like, the one guy they signed that they were, like, you're gonna, you're here for being a vet, all right, bro? That, that's why you're here. So deal with it. Um, but, like, so my thinking is that he is, like, I, I think he's actually increased Frank and Knox's kind of, like, role when they're on the floor, but he is making them earn more minutes. And he's like, so he, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like when they're at, when they're on the floor, they actually are more empowered to like, and, and more actually like leaned upon to do shit. Uh, whereas with Fizz, I think like he was using them in a way that was entirely designed to like have them play off of Morris or Randall yeah. or whatever. And I, I don't know, like, I, I guess I agree with you, like, in an in a very, very, you know, if you're just looking at, like, we want to win yet this game. Yeah, like, that's, what I was, on, that's what I was primarily yeah, talking like, about. Then like, then, then, like, yes, I would agree that it was, it's weird that he went back to Payton. Obviously, I'm, I'm still watching. Um, but I think, it, yeah, I, I would agree that that was a weird, that would have been a weird choice within the context of this game. But, like, I think it maybe, I think it's kind of like a good thing that, he is coaching in a way where it's not just, like, game to game. Like, I, I think if Frank put, like, I mean, Frank had a pretty good game. Like, he had, like, 8, 5, and 4, I think, a steal or yeah. two. Like, he yeah. had a pretty solid game. He, he actually he even, like, pushed the ball in transition a couple times to set up a layup. Like, you know, he, he did stuff that you kind of, like, the, the stuff that we always are, like, Frank, you got to do. Please do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, do, like you know, he, he was doing more shit. And I like that. And I think, like, if Frank has more games like that, that he will see his minutes go up. But, like, Miller is putting the onus on him to be consistent. Like, hey, I'm giving you these 18, 20 minutes a night. Like, prove to me that you can consistently deliver in those minutes. And 
And then, like, I think the next step would be he will then up his minutes. And, like, I – this is my entire – this is just a theory. I'm not, like, a Mike Miller expert. But, you know, he was considered a very, very good development coach in Westchester. So, like, I kind of tend to just give him the benefit of the doubt with player development stuff because he has a track record that suggests he's good at it. That's, uh, I, I think that's totally fair. I want to hear uh, Fredo's thoughts on this, though. So it's not just us monopolizing the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm just off. It's been a little bit off. Hayden was pretty awful last night. Yeah, he had something like six, seven turnovers. Disgusting. Yeah, there were bad. Passes. Yeah, it was just consistently bad. But what uh, Schwinn was saying about Fizdale, this is something I've had. Like, like I've been Fizdale since his Grizzlies days, that he has, like, frame of mind of, of like, big men touch the ball and play a kind of, like, point forward and whatnot and, like, maximize <laughs> his star yeah. players. And it, this is what happened. This happened with Blaze Randall. Been playing a ton of point forward up, up until Mike Miller. Like it, it just seems a lot of uh, the, the roles for multiple players are just more defined now. You know, whatever the, the flow of the game is going like. So that's what I've been noticing. But uh, as for the rotation stuff you've been saying, he he, does, he should work on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And like you know, I, I I I'm probably like in danger of sometimes excusing some questionable decisions he makes. Um, yeah. But, like, most of his decisions, I'm like, okay, I cannot, I'm, I'm following, like, the logic of it, even if I disagree with it, whereas with, like, Fizz, I didn't, and, and that was my primary issue, because, you know, like, this year, like, Fizz, you know, even, he was a, he's a young coach, right? That was, like, the argument, he's a young coach, he's developing too, right? Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough, but, like, within the course of, a de- of development, like, you should be seeing, you know, like, you should be able to follow logic. And with Fizz, it's like, dude, what is the logic of DNPing Knox and then starting him at the fucking two the next game when you have, like, three healthy twos on the fucking roster? You know? Like, I don't I don't get that. And I'll never understand yeah. that. And it's like, with Miller, it's like, okay, look, I it's really annoying to me that he has kind of used Morris predominant, very, very predominantly as a three, and Randall as a four, and, like, I wish we would play small more, and et cetera, et cetera, like a variety of things, yes. But, like, one, when we, even when the lineups are clunky, I can see that, like, I, I can kind of see what we're trying to achieve possession by possession offensive, right? Like, there, there's a yeah. coherent, like, mm-hmm. plan of action. Uh, and then defensively, like, we have consistent, like, schemes that we're executing. And, you know, so now... I just think, like, the Miller might not be great. Maybe he's not the coach of the future. I don't know. I don't really care about that right now. All I am saying is that, like, what we really needed this year was a coach that was, one, going to be able to develop the young players, and, two, allow us to properly evaluate the roster and, you know, essentially, like, potentially uh, make some of these vets look good for trade purposes. Um, Fizz wasn't doing any of that. Miller, you know, whatever his flaws, which there are, you know, obviously, as we just touched upon, but, like, I I feel like we are now able to properly evaluate this roster in a way that we were just never going to get with this. We were never going to get it. It was never going to happen. Yeah. No, he has not playing, like, basketball instead of his style. His style had us. Uh, thing with Mike Miller, I, he sticks to these, these rotations just because he's been coaching basketball for, for days now, and it's just something, like, he's seen it, he has seen it work. So he, it's kind of like the cool thought that you ride with the confidence mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I can I can why he's with Alfred in situation. And you know I, I guess the resolution that we eventually talk about for Mike Miller. I think he's a good 
I think he's a pretty good basketball coach, but he needs to modernize. So I think that, you know what, this would be a good spot to uh, talk about the uh, news resolutions. Let's talk about Mike Miller a little more. So the Dicks are, I think, what, like five and six now? Or four and yeah. five? Five and six. Five and They're six. five and six with uh, Miller as the coach, which is <laughs> kind of hilarious because this is what I would say most of us thought the Knicks were going to be um, like this year, but, you know, it's how bad Fizdale's been. And it's just kind of just – But, like, what could Fizz do, you know? Yeah, that's right. What could Fizz do? You know, Mike Miller, who's, you know, just came up out of nowhere, has the Knicks basically playing 500 ball, but, you know, Fizdale couldn't do anything with this roster. Um it would be an interesting season. See, for I think for me, for New Year's resolution, I don't, even though I'm probably going to be, like, annoyed every now and then with some, like, minor decisions Miller is going to make, I don't think he should change the overall arching approach. Because when you laid out, like, a really good, like, kind of, like, theory of what Miller's actually wanting to do, and it's not that I don't think, like, it's not that me, like, wanting, like, Frank and Knox to play more, but the role that they're currently in right now, like, it's actually working for them. Like, they're playing really well. And there was a one point there was a lineup at the uh, the Wizards RJ. game which I thought was great, right? They had they had Frank, Dobson, RJ, Knox, and uh, Portis, or and because uh, Mitch was in foul trouble, and yeah. that's what we've been like saying for for like play those guys together, and the lineup was like literally just was like crushing it. So I would just dude, think and, that. It, and like even if it wasn't crushing, it's still like fun, dude. Like that's. Like, yes, that's, that's the entire fucking point of basketball. Like, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be this, like, slog where every possession is, like, the most... Im- like, that's what it felt like with Fizzle. Like, every <laughs> possession was, like, this life-or-death struggle, and it wasn't fun at all. Like, it was fucking depressing, and it was, like, stressful. You're like, dude, like, hey, it's like this shit is supposed to be fun. Who's having fun, you know... Watching Julius Randle dribble off his dick like fifteen times a game. Nobody's having fun doing that. Julius Randle didn't even look like he was having fun doing that. Did and I think the, like oh, no, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, no, no. Because I was gonna say, have you seen all the quotes like Julius Randle has had lately since uh, yeah. Fizz has been fired? He yeah. clearly <laughs> loves Mike Miller. Yeah, like he. Yeah. I, I mean, he he went out of his way to be like, yeah, you know, Fizz did a great job too. But like, you know, you look at like everything he said before that, and it's very obvious. Like, dude, these guys aren't stupid. Okay, like, you know, like like Marcus Morris, like. I, He's played play for Brad Stevens. He played for Stan Van Gundy. Like, yeah, you know, Julius, Julius Randle played, you know, he's played for a lot of guys. Like, it's just, well, uh, Alvin Gentry's a good coach. <laughs> I mean, Alvin Gentry sucks, but Chris Finch is a pretty good assistant coach with a really good <laughs> offensive system. Like, like, these guys know, and, like, forget that, but, like, you know, they've been playing basketball for a long time in their careers, okay? Like, and, and it's not like Julius Randle was, like, some inefficient piece of shit, right? Like, for whatever his flaws... The guy's a highly efficient scorer. He knows – I'm sure he knows what he is good at. Like <laughs> What he's not good at. Yeah, like, like I'm sure he knows the ways that he can score that he's actually good at. And, yeah. and like, I mean, all these guys know this stuff. So, like, when, you know, Fizz is coming out of training camp with, like, his whole, yeah, we're not really, like, running a set offense and, like, everybody is going to just, like, bring the ball up and do stuff and run pick and roll. And it's like there's no definition to anything. Do you guys know that? They're not stupid. Reggie Bullock pretty much said it the other – like, he went out of his way to be like, yeah, we got a great coaching staff now. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, like, it's it's just I, – I don't know how else to put it. And, like, I, I, I really do hate to talk about Fizdale, but, like, 
until I get some, until there's like, I mean, Berman dropped that bomb today where he basically destroyed him. Shit on Fizz, uh, which is funny because Berman was also like, Fizz is going to scapegoat it. Well, that's, that's, um, you know, that's all like, um, tabloid politics and shit like that. Like, they, they literally will write anything to do. That's why well, I don't... Yeah, like, he, he has to write something that, like, is kind con- Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, sells. Yeah, yeah, like, he needs stuff that sells. So, like, the idea of, like, oh, my God, Fizzdale was fired. So, it's like, the, what's going to sell? Just call him scapegoat. Like, that's what Berman does. And, but no, then, like, today out of nowhere, like, he didn't have to write this up, but then he just, like, destroyed Fizzdale. Like, completely destroyed him. And we're just like, yeah, this is what we saw. And it was just kind of refreshing, but... And I just wish someone like Howard the Beck would uh would write that article, but he would never. Got no, Howard Beck isn't going to write any article because he's a fucking hack. He's a bum. That's he has <laughs> his only friend in the Fuck world Howard is Beck. Jack Lowe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He fucking blows. He sucks at his job. He doesn't know anything about the Knicks. He doesn't. He's and anybody that shit. believes he's some kind of fucking insider is a moron because he like what he hasn't. Broken. He has no knowledge of the organization or their thinking, and that's been proven several times. Like the only time he ever had any inkling of what the organization was doing was when Phil Jackson was the president of basketball operations, and that's because he was a Lakers beat guy when Phil was the coach for the Lakers. And that's it. That's the only reason yeah. he ever had any knowledge. And of we all and we all know that um, what's his name? Phil was a very you know secluded private person. So like if you trusted like a few people, that was it. You're in his. It was like Howard. It was it was the Beck, and it was Charlie Rosen to write Ooh, good old, mellow. Good old. <laughs> God, I miss those Charlie Rosen hit pieces. They crack me up. Um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just the whole Fizdale stuff and like whatever. I mean, fuck Fizdale. But I'm just happy that like I can do like I okay like I I now am like oh okay now I understand why Julius Randle may have been an appealing piece. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's 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 pretty cool to see that. And like, is he a perfect fit? Do I think he's a star? Do I know that this was now a great uh, move made by the front office? No, I don't know any of that shit. But like, you know, he clearly is not the terrific basketball player we're watching under Fizdale. You know, he's definitely better than that. And you know, like as much as like. Everybody will be like, Kristaps, oh, like he's recovering from injury, and he's got so much upside. Like, you know, Julius Randle's six months older than him. It's like, why doesn't Julius Randle have any upside, but, like, Kristaps has all this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not – I actually don't particularly think either of them has so much upside left, but, you know, if you're going to make that argument for one, it should just apply to both, I think. Um, oh, I, I totally agree. I This is kind of – there was something I, I think – I posting and hosting, I did kind of like a Randall preview or a Randall stats article. It was, it was kind of the thing I was trying to like kind of hammer at, especially with like the offensive numbers. Like Julius Randall may not have to have like the three point shooting, but you know he's shooting really well for some reason right now from threes on like a hot streak. But like because of the passing and the efficiency on the inside, I always thought he was the he was like the better rounded offensive player. Now defensively, he's still not good, but he's been better at least, like, he's making better rotations, at least. That's something he'll never be, like, Porzingis is, but, yeah, I was always with you, like, the idea of just, like, it was always weird that Randall never had the same, I would say, offensive upside compared to Porzingis, when Porzingis can't pass, and he can't score in the paint, and he can't post up. I mean, Randall can actually do all three of those things really well, so, it was always strange. Randall, right now, he is, like, I, so he's not, like you said, he's not, like, 
I actually think he's playing pretty good defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the like, whole team is playing like good defense. There's been a couple times I've been because I'm working on an article right now for some film stuff. Like I've been watching all the players. Like no, he's been moving a lot better, especially when like he does like they don't switch all the time, but when they do switch, he's containing the guard. He's doing all like the little things, which is <laughs> trust me, this is very refreshing. Yeah, like, speak, he, but, like, right. He's never gonna be a Kristaps type like impact defender. Yeah, high, exactly. Right? Like we know that, yeah. and like. You know, obviously, like, I, I always found it was, I mean, it's always really funny, people posting Randall's averages to, like, KP's averages. Let's not pretend, like, you know, it, just get rid of the salaries. Not Forget the salaries. If you're just talking about, like, who is a better player, like, obviously Chris is a player. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, um, that that doesn't mean... Yeah, 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 for sure. And, like, um, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean that, like, Randall can't be a good player. Like, I think he is a good player. And I think we're finally fucking seeing that he's a good player now. And, you know, it's just, like, it's just so frustrating that we wasted 22 games, like, with a guy that was just making everybody look bad. Everybody looked worse. Everybody looked worse. He made, he put, like, the entire organization kind of, like, in a position where, you know, people were, like, it, it was well, the most frustrating thing was like I really I still don't think the offseason they had was like this disastrous thing, you know. Um, but like it, you know, you're watching 22 games and stuff under him, and it's like you know at some point it's just hard not to be like, man, maybe they did just fuck up, and I'm an idiot too. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I I guess they. I mean, I, I still don't think that they they didn't know offseason like that. I'm not never argue that. Um, but like you know, you're in a position now where. You know, I think like a lot of these vets now, they just look better. Like, like everybody, ha- maybe guys have more trade value. Maybe you're getting more at, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just gives you more flexibility. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not like optimistic necessarily, but I, I'm, I'm just like, you know, what? it's really nice to like watch the Knicks and not want to like blow my brains out every time I'm doing. This. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so much better now. Yeah. Let's um let's actually talk about Julius Randall and his New Year's resolutions. But I first want to give you guys just some like numbers, like some pre and post fizz numbers um right now. So they, basically, like I'm taking like December seven as like the cutoff date. So when Randall was playing under Fizdale, his net rating was negative eight point eight. His um effective field goal percentage was forty six point six. True shooting fifty point nine. Like you know these are. Terrible numbers. I think he was only averaging. I don't have the this you know the basic numbers. But I think it was like 16 points a game. So now under Miller, his net rating now is at a plus 0. 0.6. His wow. his true shooting is 57.2. His effective field goal goal percentage is 53.1. Like it is night and day difference right now. Like we still need about like a 10 more game sample to basically like match them. You know, game for game, but. There is a clear, distinct difference between just basically how Julius Randle has played, and God damn, like, Mitch is such a beast. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, Mitch is Mitch is amazing. Well, we are going to get to Mitch. So this is what I'm torn about, guys, and I want to discuss this with you because I've been having conflicting emotions. Part of me is like, this is actually the best time to trade Randle and bail out on it because we don't know if he's going to actually sustain this. I don't know if this is just like a basic hot streak, like a ten game streak, and you know, just kind of fit wise, he may not be the best fit. But then there's part of me is like, well, if he is, if he does turn out to be like this player, even if the um, three point shooting dips down to like 34 percent, I I like him. So it's just like I'm kind of torn between how it could be because like he is like that secondary tertiary playmaker. He can make the passes. He's been making great passes since Miller came on board too. And 
if he can at least be somewhat respectable from the three-point line, he does shit with Mitch. So I just wanted your thoughts on like kind of the New Year's resolution. I would say the New Year's the overall New Year's resolution is like stop turning the ball over. But uh, the, the other means like I think it should be like this would be a great time to trade him. But I don't know. So I just, that's why I wanted to hear what you guys have to say because I'm torn. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go first, but... Yeah, because I've, I've talked more than an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's perfect. I love listening to you guys. But I actually talked about this on uh, my last episode about Randall, and I, I honestly would not trade him this season. I think his contract was, is going to blow up in value next season since it's, he's going to have a third year. Uh, the third year is uh, the team option, so I'm sure our team would love that flexibility. But, uh, yeah, no, I... I would, I would probably just continue this, especially I think the number one thing for the Knicks this year is just to play better basketball. And trading our best players, I don't think, would be the, the best move for our younger players. Uh, but for New Year's resolution for him, honestly, this this is – I don't think he can play much better than what, what's going on right now. Uh, hopefully the, the streak continues, especially his shooting, but I doubt the shooting stays uh, 40%. It would probably be something more of an off-court role or just a leadership role. That's pretty much it. I, I I never expected him to play much better than what he's doing right now. Yeah, no, he's been absolutely crushing it the past couple games. Like he's been so good. And he's like, and, and the great part is like he's not even putting like empty stats in a way. Like they're actually leading to like really good victory. Like they're leading to wins too, which is I think more important than anything else. So, um, Schwinn, what are your news resolutions for uh, Randall? Um, so like the big thing when I watch him now with Miller is it just feels like he doesn't. He's being put in a position that he's not being asked to, like, initiate and create so much of his own offense while also, right. like, being asked to kind of be the uh, driving force, like, the driving facilitator for everybody else on top of that. And, you know, as a result, he's just playing a lot more, like, within the flow. Like, he scored, what, I think he so he had 30 last night? And I mean, yeah. like... Like, the 30 he had was, uh, uh, quiet is the wrong word, but it was, like, it was all, like... Contained. Yeah, yeah. it was it was all within the, the team construct. He wasn't, like, there wasn't a lot of, there was very, very little of him just, like, putting it on his shoulders and just, like, doing it on his own. And I remember talking about this, uh, like, like, if you compare this 30, right, because I think he scored his first 30-point game of the season against Cleveland at home uh, when we beat them by, like, 20. Um, and that was under Fizz, and, like, I remember watching that game, and that was a lot of just, like, Randall was hot, he was just, like, yeah. shooting really well, and obviously, yes, he's shooting, he, he shot really well, you know, last night against Washington also, but, like, it, it's, it was so much less of, like, him just doing shit off the dribble, and more, like, he was getting into the flow, like, he was catching and shooting, or, like, even when he did shoot off the dribble, it was, like, off of penetration, and he was driving, and stuff like that, like, like, it, it's just so different how he's playing, and, like, he just, it really feels like, because I remember before this season listening to, like, some of his quotes, and, like, they were, like, very mature, and I was kind of surprised um, by it, not because, like, I thought he was an immature guy, but, um, you know, the perception of him is just a little bit clouded because of, like, how he left L.A., and then he was in New Orleans for a year, and then, like, you know, there wasn't like a, it wasn't like he was this top top free agent this summer, obviously. But like you know, um, I, I don't know. I just the perception of him maybe wasn't like that he was the most mature guy. But like I remember reading quotes and it was like, oh okay. And then I watched him play for like twenty two games. And I'm like, dude, uh, I gotta get him out of here. But like you know, since Miller's come in now, it just seems like he's so much more comfortable in his own skin. Like it seems like he's kind of 
found uh, a niche uh, within the offense, within the team. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought there were a lot of instances under Fizz where I would watch the game and it felt like, uh, you know, it, it really did seem at times like RJ and Randall didn't really, like, vibe very well. Um, but, you know, I'm watching, like, these games now and, like, I'm watching the, 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 the Wizards game and it's like... I see, like, Randall make a shot, and then RJ is going up to him and chest-bumping him, and, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's kind of growing into the player that we envisioned as potentially adding to the young core that we have, the young pieces mm-hmm. we have, and being a long-term player, potentially. Um, rather, you know, and, and that that's really all I want, because, like, there are no superstars on this team right now. Maybe RJ can become one down the line. Um, like, but, like, more, I, I, I just think it's really important that these guys learn to play off of each other and with each other, and like especially for Randall because he is such a central piece of how we've constructed this team. Like it's just really nice to actually see that happen. But like again, like it's happening within the construct and like the flow of the offense, and it's like you know then there's just other like like you know uh like he he had 21 shots yesterday. But, like, you know, RJ had 13 shots. That's good. Like, that's fine. Like, you know, RJ doesn't need to be the number one option. Maybe it's not even the best thing for him right now. You know, like, because when R- if RJ is being asked to put up 20 shots in a game, I can guarantee you a lot of them are going to be, like, these forced drives where he, like, chucks it up into, like, three seven-footers at the same time. Um, and it's good for him to, like, learn how to play off of somebody like Randall who is able to, like, shoulder that higher burden and ease his transition in the NBA. Like, I think that's a good thing. And I, that's really all I want for him. That's, that's, if that's his new resolution, just, like, be, like, that the leader that we need and not... Like, you don't need to be the savior. There, there are no fucking saviors on this roster, you know? Like, LeBron isn't walking through that door. Fucking, like, Jordan isn't walking... You know, none of these guys... They, you don't well, need Giannis and Cat are walking in in 2021, though. Right, correct. Probably. Yeah, until, until that... Right, and like those guys are the saviors, but it's like you know nobody needs to be the fucking hero here, right? Like, like just play together, play as a team, and like don't be that asshole guy when you go to open gym that like you know is trying to be Kobe, right? Just like just just, just yeah. play, just, just play <laughs> basketball. Like you know, I mean, it sounds so stupid, but it's like just play basketball. You know, nobody needs. There's first of all, there's nothing to save. Okay, like we were never supposed to be some like super awesome team coming into the season, right? Just like you know, have fun and like play with within yourself, but like also more importantly, just like lean on each other as teammates and like learn how to play off of one another. And you know, as long as Randall's doing that, I'm I'm more than happy to have him around. I really don't have like a particularly high interest in trading the guy that I've been watching under Mike Miller because that guy looks like a player that potentially can help you win basketball games. And he's young, and he's not, like, he's not even in his prime yet, you know? No, like, he's not. Like, like you know, there's there's plenty of potential here for him to be a long-term piece. Um, like, and, and there's no rush, you know? Like, we're not doing shit until 2021, maybe. Probably not, because we're the Knicks, and nothing ever happens to us. But, like, like you know, like, there's no rush to trade him. Like, I'm not... There's what? What do I want? That what am I doing with that like 18 million in cap space I would get if we trade him for an expiring contract? Am I doing something awesome? Probably not because the summer fucking blows. You don't uh, want Demar Derozan? No, <laughs> even if I wanted Demar Derozan, like rant, like 
we have enough expiring contract, you know? Like, yeah, no, no, totally. I was just, you know, like, yeah. No, 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 I, I, no, I, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, 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 that's my thing. Is like, even if you're like, well, I just want to have the cap space to, like, max out Wancho, Hernan Gomez or something like, sure, man, that's that's cool. Like, you don't need to trade Randall to do that because we have so many other avenues to open up the cap space. Like, or you can take an Alan Krabs contract. Right. And <laughs> it, it's just like for the first time forever long as I've been a Knicks fan, like, we we just don't need to be in any kind of like desperation to move a contract. Like I, I don't know, I'm just not very interested in like <coughs> dumping Randall. Um, there are other guys that would obviously, but like I think Randall has potential to be a long term piece, and he's showing signs. Yeah, so we'll get to some of those uh, <coughs> people we could de- definitely dump. But I think we, I want to bring up Barrett right now because you mentioned him a couple times. Um, I would say for his New Year's resolution, I think I would say I know it sounds weird, but spotting up in the corner, I think should be something he should be looking to right now. Because he's, he's been hitting those shots. I would, I don't know what the percentage is off the top of my head. I can look it up while one of you guys are talking. But he's been rather efficient from one of the corners. And yeah. that would open up his game a lot, I would say, especially because he's not getting the foul calls right now. Like, they're not giving it to a rookie. I don't know why they're not giving him the foul calls, but they're not. And just barreling into three guys hoping that the refs are going to bail him out is... You know, that's a James Harden approach, and he's, he's not getting the James Harden treatment. So I, w- I would say that would be the solution. His defense has still been pretty good. He's reading passing lanes well. He's still containing, he's make, you know, making the rookie mistakes here and there. But my new resolution for him heading into, you know, 2020 is I'd, I'd keep shooting those corner threes. I, I would look for corner threes right now if I was him because I think that can open up his game a lot. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I, uh, you know, he's been having a little bit of slump, but the biggest question going into the season is always the shooting. And – uh it, it, uh, the corner has been looking really comfortable for him. I think it's been the left corner. And, you know, if he's comfortable taking threes from there, just take take as many as you want. That's been the biggest question. And, you know, if that continues, I love it. Yeah, he's shooting 41% from the corners right now, but, like, 32% overall. So I guess he's probably shooting, like, 22, yeah, 23%. So I, yeah, so I have the numbers right now. It's um, He's shooting 45.5% from the left corner. 42.9% from the right corner, and then 263 from above the break. And I don't know, it just, it, it just makes sense to me that, like, he should be exploiting those corners right now. I think that would actually help his confidence shooting moving forward if he's going to keep shooting. This is Again, this is also for the entire season, not just <laughs> not just the Mike Miller or the he was shooting that, even with uh, Fisdale. So, yeah. Yeah. No, he has something good going on over there. Just keep keep using it. Yeah, I think he like kind of hops into it more comfortably from the corners. Um, I'm not a big shooting mechanics expert, so um, that's just my kind of take. But like, yeah, I I like the the corner three. The other thing I will really it would if there was two things I would love to see him keep doing that, and I also would like to see him um, like he's shown definitely an improvement in terms of going and finishing with his offhand, I think he just needs to to, to keep going with that because uh, teams are, like, starting to sit. They sit on his left hand now so much. They are. Um, and, you know, I'm not, again, like, I'm not really that concerned about it because, like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just something that he needs to obviously, like, keep working on and, and, and kind of, like, keep dedicating himself to because he's so strong. Like, if he can just get... And but he's not the most explosive, right? Going through contact and stuff. So like he kind of needs that full range of craftiness. Um, so if he can kind of just like get, you know, just be more comfortable and willing to to go to his right, 
I think that'll just open up a lot for him and 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 really make his life easier. Uh, so between that and then obviously just like hit free throws better. But I think he's yeah. been better. He he has been better with that recently. So uh, I'm not really worried about the free throw shooting at all, to be honest, because he's got like a large sample going back to high school where he's been like a 65, 70 percent guy. So like you know he's maybe he's never going to be a great free throw shooter, but he's He's definitely not a fifty-five percent. Yeah, no. If he's if he's seventy-five, I mean that's okay. Like it's not ideal, but it's definitely better than fifty-five. Um, I'm trying to think who else can we? Who do you guys? Is there? I, I've been dictating the players. Is there anyone you guys want to specifically talk about for a New Year Illusion? Mm. Yes. No. Um. Want to uh, talk about Alonzo Trier? No, I don't want to fucking talk about Alonzo Trier. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next about, team can decide that. Want to talk about Frank? Frank Knox, maybe. Um, okay, well, we can do, oh, we can do. R- r- one, one quick thing. Uh, oh, go ahead. On, on Randall, just to go back to him real quick. Um, like it, it feels like he's kind of growing into more of a leadership role. Like kind of the stuff he said the last few games or whatever. Um, after games and like you know, like after they lost to the Wizards, like he was like really, really hard on himself and the team. And like I respect that. He was public about it. He was like, "Look, we we didn't have to focus all get all all day." He said that like, you know, that that even at shoot around, like I think shit was off or whatever. Um and it just feels like he's like kind of taking ownership of the team, not in like a this is my team kind of way, but you know, I, I don't know if if I'm necessarily being clear, but it, it just feels like he's kind of like owning everything a little bit more and it it almost feels like Morris is rubbing off on him a little bit uh, and, and like Morris has actually gone out of his way too to be like look like Randall's our guy and like we need him to keep playing like this and like we're, we're looking for him and you know he's he's playing well he's like it's just it, it just kind of feels like if even if we trade Morris, I do think like Morris's presence uh, has maybe rubbed off on Randall in a positive way, um, and like maybe that's just me reading way too much into what I want to see, but that's just what it seems like to me. It sounds like a forced ghost. <laughs> <laughs> a forced ghost? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh god! All right, so let's Strike talk about down, it. and I'll always be with you. <laughs> okay, I, I can't. I can't wait till we uh we get to that with the uh the show that everyone is definitely craving for. But let's talk about Frank for uh, his New Year's resolution. And I I feel like I have so many for him because like I just want him to start playing better. Yeah. <laughs> so like um I don't know off the top of my head. I I think my weird one Ashwin. I think we d- we discussed it a bit in the uh in the Slack is. I think I want him to start taking more mid-range shots. And I know that's like, you know, that's everyone's against it right now. But I, I think he's actually very cool there. And he's shooting like 43% from mid-range. Again, that's not like the best points per shot value. It's just over 0.8 points per shot. But I, I feel like that'd be, I think that's going to be the area where he's going to be able to exploit uh, teams moving forward. And like, he seems the most comfortable. That's where most of his shots are because he still can't really like, He's not really used to getting to the rim. So if he can, like, uptake that closer to, to 50%, I think that's a real weapon for uh, for him, just just in general, because teams are always going to give players that shot. So if he can be the person on a team that can exploit that aspect of basketball, I think that'd be huge moving forward. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, Fredo should go. Okay. Um, I mean, that would definitely be nice. Uh, as you, like, started off, uh, there's a lot of things I'd probably say for Frank. I I want to keep it simple, and I would like to, to see him play harder on defense again. 
it just seems like ever since his rookie season, it's always been like a you know like a bit of a drop off on his defense, and we know how good he can truly be. So I wouldn't mind seeing you know him go back to his roots in, in a way you know for, for for the for the season. That's something I know that can commit uh, help him stick here in the long term. But yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, like with Frank, it's just I would just I just want him to like if he, if he's he should be getting. He should consistently be getting rebounds, and, like, he just needs to... There's too many nights where, like, he's just, like, playing... He's not, like, necessarily playing poorly, necessarily, on defense or anything like that, but it's, like, like he needs to be an impact player on that end consistently, like, 90% of the night. Like, 90% of games, he needs to be have an impact defensively, and, uh, and like, rebounding needs to become much much more consistent with him. And it's like, we've seen... Like, that's why I thought... Like, I, I really liked him against uh, Washington. He had 8, 5, and 4 in 17 minutes. You know, like... Like, I don't that's mind... Great numbers. Him, yeah, yeah like, great I numbers. I, I don't mind him getting... Like, he had four fouls in that game. I thought a couple of them were really stupid. Like, I think he get, I do think he gets a bad whistle, by the way. Um, but, like... Whatever. I don't really. Uh, I, I'm. I'm honestly even okay with him getting uh, fouls for the time being in these shorter minutes. Since I don't care about that. I just want him. Like, if if nothing else, if Miller's gonna get like, if he's gonna play like twenty twenty five minutes a night or whatever, whatever his role is, he just needs to go. Every minute he's out there, he needs to be playing with like force. It can't yeah. just be like mm-hmm. every. It can't be, like, these three-game stretches where he does, and then he doesn't do it for three games, and then, like, does it for one, and doesn't do it for two, does it for three, doesn't do it for four. Like, you know, just, like, a consistent stretch. And, like, I think uh, in, I think no- November, like, he, he was actually, he did have a consistent month for him, and like, it wasn't anything eye-popping statistically or anything, but, like, you could tell when he was on the floor in that month that, like, we played better and he was having an impact. And I think he's, like, ta- he tailed off a little bit, um in December, and I think the coaching change, he really struggles with stuff like that, it seems like. I think he really needs consistency. Uh, Like, his inconsistency is funny. It also stems from, I think, uh, coaching inconsistencies. But, like, but, yeah, I, I, he just need like, I've seen, I think he's kind of understanding what Miller wants from him more, uh, and I hope that, like, he continues to be aggressive, because, like, even the other game where I think he only had, like, three points and no assists or whatever, I actually was fine with his performance because he did, like, he did try to drive a couple times and, like, he even got a turnover trying to, like, probe and then pull it back out but he, like, stepped on the baseline or something. But, like, that's the stuff I want to see. I don't care. I, I just don't care about the stats because the stats will come if he's being aggressive and, like, trying to be a factor and not just, like, bringing the ball up the floor, swinging it to somebody, and then running to the corner and, like, setting a screen for somebody, you know? Like, just, like, own, take ownership of the situation, and you don't need, again, you know, you don't need to be a hero, but you do need to, like, try to make shit happen every now and then, like, you know, to an extent. Uh, And that's just not on defense, on offense, too. So, you know, just, I think more than anything, I just want Frank to, like, find a consistent ability to play with force and, like, have impact. Um, that should be his goal for the rest of the season. Like, can I carve out, yes, you can depend on me for 20, 25 minutes a night, whatever it is, I I will have an impact in those minutes. And, like, even if I'm not shooting well, which, you know, odds are he probably won't be shooting well, um, like, 
I will get rebounds. I will get steals. I will be in the passing lanes, and you can always count on me for those things. I will try. Like, I will penetrate a little bit and kick and just, like, stuff like that because there's enough low-hanging fruit for him to grab that, like, he should be able to. Um, I just – it's like he, like, doubts himself a little bit too much and overthinks stuff. It's like, dude, just fucking play, you know? Yeah. yeah like, it, it just sometimes I feel like he's thinking the game instead of just playing the game. Yeah. I definitely think the the the, the fouling, the foul calls from uh, uh, playing to that uh, uh, for him playing tentatively, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he tries, you know, calm down the the, the foul calls, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with yeah. that. What about um? Let's go to Knox real quick because I think for me, this especially because it's been standing out more. Keep the defense up. He's actually been playing good defense. Like, that would be my newest resolution for him. Just continue playing good defense. Like, he's he's been good. Yeah, no. Uh, that, that, he has taken a bit, bit of a leap there since Mike Miller came in. I saw I saw Macri tweeting about it, actually, the numbers, uh, how much more positive it is. For me, I uh, it, it seems to me like he's pretty quiet sometimes. Like, I, I hardly notice he's in the game. And, like, dating back into, like, college, I... I, I don't even know if this guy's like an actual basketball player or not. The, 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 when you see him play, it, it seems like he's missing like like a, a, like a hard skill. But this season, he definitely took a bit of a leap in his shooting early on, at least. But now it seems like he, you know, he's getting to a better group playing basketball. I, I would probably say just play a bit harder. Uh, there are stretches I hardly know he's out there. I know Clyde said at one point during the Wizards game he didn't take a field goal in like ten minutes or something. Uh, so I, w- I would definitely like to just feel his presence more in the game, whether that's just rebounding on defense, you know, uh, anything. Just just play a little bit harder. Um, yeah. So with Knox, I'm actually kind of I don't know. I I really like I, I find the entire perception of him weird. Um, and kind of what you were talking like. So you know, you mentioned that the, the game kind of like. Passes. At his worst, you kind of, like, the game, he just kind of floats during a game. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's out there, but you're like, what are you even doing out there? Uh, and, like, you know, at his at his worst, kind of, he's floating offensively without having any discernible impact and then, like, also getting annihilated defensively. Um, I feel like under Miller that teams aren't having nearly as much success just, like, targeting him and screen, like, screen actions. And that was a big thing I noted quite often under Fizz, like, to start the year, where I was like, you know, it was really obvious that there were times where, like, he would come in the game and immediately the other team would run, like, five, six straight plays where he was involved in getting over a screen or, like, his man would run a pick and roll or something like that, and he was just awful. Um, and I'm seeing less of that now, even when teams are going at him. It just seems like maybe it's the team change, and that's covering some of his weaknesses. I'm sure that is part of it, but I also think, like, he's fighting more um, defensively. I think he's competing more on that end. He's talked about that uh, publicly. I know that he's like, yeah, look, I know that I need to be better. And I think he's like upped his block rate substantially since uh, Miller came in. Um, and, and like that's, that's all good. But, you know, offensively, I'm not really like, like I, I don't know. I guess I don't really think he was ever going to be a star. I still don't think he's going to be a star. Um, and that's fine to me. Like, not everybody you draft needs to be a star. And, like, it's unrealistic to expect everybody you draft to be a star. But, like, what can Knox be? I think he profiles as a guy that looks like 
yeah, he can shoot threes from a forward position. Uh, we need to get him more minutes at the four, obviously. I think that's something that most everybody agrees with because that's where his, you know, kind of fit and feeling would be the best. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm, I think if he can just be a knockdown three-point guy who can attack closeouts and isn't, like, a black hole offensively, which he really hasn't been this year. And, like, that is genuine improvement. So even if he's not racking up assists and he's not racking up, um, like, I think he's just playing more as a effective, like, cog in an offensive system. Um, and, like, that's fine. Like, that, if he is going to make this outlier leap to stardom, I don't think it necessarily needs to happen, like, right now. I think it's better for him to kind of learn how to play within the system, kind of figure out what he is good at, how to get the shots that he's good at, maybe improve as a finisher. He needs to get stronger for sure. Like, you can see that in his body. Like, he's clearly not grown into it fully yet. He still has a lot of physical development ahead of him um, because he still looks like a fucking gangly giraffe half the time when he's out there. Um, And, like, I don't know. I just you, You draft these kids so young, and it's like... You know, you've got Knicks fans that are fucking ready to give up on this kid 20 games or whatever into his second season when he's 20. Uh, I don't get it at all. I just don't see the rush. And it's like, dude, like, we are rebuilding. Like, that, like I'm sorry. Like, but if you think that every rebuilding team nails every pick, it's just wrong. Like, that's and, – and you're rebuilding. So, like, you should not – even if it's annoying as hell that Knox isn't as good as you want him to be, like – the entire point is you need to make him better. That's that's what you do in a rebuild. You develop your young guys. And like, yeah, like I, I I do genuinely think he has developed, even if he's not good yet. Like, you know, he was horrific last year. He was one of the worst players in the NBA last year. But and and like, yeah, he's not good yet. But I think he's like pretty normal baddish now, which is like genuine development. Even and it's like, you know, let's let's see where he's at come the end of the season. Because I, I, I do think that under Miller, he's been, like, a pretty averageish rotation player caliber. Um, like, he's had some nice moments, too. Uh, who was that? He had a game a couple of games ago, right? Uh, where he had, like, 17 or 16 or something like that. Like, I don't know. It, it's, Wasn't that the, uh, the Bucks game? He was the best player in yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bucks game. Yeah, the Bucks game. He actually played well in that game. And it's just like, you know, let's just, like, let's just see what we have. Because there is no rush right now. We don't need... It's not like we're, you know, it's not like we have to maximize this window that we have right now for a title or something, right? Like, let's just, you know, let's just see what we have, develop these guys, and reassess at the end of the year. I mean, unless, look, I, I would trade Knox in the right scenario, but I'm not trading him just to, like, get some kickback or, like, a couple of seconds. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really understand the value of that. We should just, you know. Let's let's show that we can develop guys, and I'm starting to like have some faith that Mike Miller actually can develop guys. I think there are signs of that. So, you know, all I want from Knox is like keep playing like he's been playing under Miller. Find your find your your role, your niche, your niche, um, and and then like you know, from there maybe you can start trying to expand your game a bit. I, I think that's like kind of what the Celtics did with Jalen Brown, where like he was pretty much just, like, a spot-up three-point shooter who attacked closeouts the first couple of years, and then, like, slow, or, like, his first year anyway. Uh, and then they, like, you know, obviously he started adding more off the dribble and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, now for his fourth year now in the league, like, we're seeing, you know, the, the kind of fruits of uh, all the work that they put in. So if I were to tell you, or if I were to ask you, who has more blocks, Kevin Knox 
or the combination of Randall, Morris, Portis, and Gibson? Who has more? Knox. Close. So Knox has nine <laughs> blocks by himself, and Julius Randall, Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson, got, Taj Gibson combined have ten blocks. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> that Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so between those players, uh, Knox has obviously more blocks than all those guys, but it's just kind of funny. Like, Knox has nine, so Bobby Portis has two, and Julius Randle has one. This is since uh, uh, Miller became the coach, which is just kind of, it just makes me laugh that uh, that Bobby Portis only has two blocks. So let's actually talk about uh, Bobby Portis. Um, Schwinn, have you ever revisited your, uh, your take? Because I know you've been, like, indifferent whether or not he sticks to the team. Because my New Year's resolution is trade Bobby Portis. So I I don't <laughs> I don't really care about that. I, I I again like I there are just so many there's so few players I really care about. Um I guess like with Portis, if you for some reason cannot reduce his role and like for whatever reason I don't know why that would necessarily be the case. Um but like yeah, sure, trade him. I if you can trade him to get like an asset or something, sure, fucking do it. But I don't know if you can. Um, so I don't really care about Portis that much. Um, he doesn't annoy me as much as many others. I don't think he's good. Obviously, I think his defense is bad, but it's bad mostly because he's physically limited. I don't think it's because he's not trying. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I really if you if you want Portis out, that's cool with me. Uh, I'm down with that. I just. I've had a very hard time getting worried about him. There's a, the only person I like really, really don't want this anymore is Zoe and uh, Dennis Smith. But Dennis Smith for a very different reason. Yeah. Yeah, because Trader just needs to leave. Like, goodbye. Please stop being on the next thanks, but no thanks, all those sort of things. But yeah. I mean, for Portis, it's not necessarily that I just want him gone because I'm just annoyed with him. It's more of like, I think that opens up a lot of different, like, lineups and things that would help the Knicks, especially the younger players long-term, because I think it allows Knox to play more of the four and Barrett more of the three and these sort of, like, different lineups you can throw out there, and that's kind of the reason why I would probably prefer Portis gone, even though Portis has primarily been, like, the backup center for the most part, because, like, Taj is, like, the facto starter, but he rarely plays, and then, like, it's basically Mitch and Portis as the center, but, like, I just think it just it allows more. I would just say it, just, it opens up, I think, a few more things in terms of kind of, like, it declock is some declock stuff and just we don't have to worry about, like, ego or anything like that. He's off the team. Great, good. We can go from there. That's just this is how I'm approaching it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, I want Portis traded as well. He's not a bad guy, but uh, one of the most important things you could do as a center is rim protection. He's clearly lacking at that, so you have he, you, you're more inclined to play him at power forward then, but then, you know, that gets pretty funky with the lineups, especially when I want Ignis to play at one point and, you know, not handle uh, whoever is at the forward. But, yeah, uh, and for back of five, I, I would, like, would, would like a bigger center behind Mitchell Robinson. So, yeah, no, trade him. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I would like to just get rid of him and get Wooten up here. Uh, that would be great. Wooten, would be yes. Yeah, if we do that. I would be fine with that. I just like I guess I I I would like Knox be, Portis to be traded. I just don't be able to trade him and whatever. The well, teams are interested. Are they interested in Portis? Though? Are we sure? Yeah, it, I saw some report. I forgot who it was from and how credible it was. But it was said, it Beck? It, it wasn't Beck. Beck has me blocked, <laughs> so I can't see his tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot oh, who it man. was, but 
they they said that we're interested in Bobby Portis. Hey man, fucking give me your poor whatever interest it is. Yes, he doesn't have a long term fit here. So. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, for him, yeah, go, go for it. Right, exactly. Just like even if it's like a fake like, top forty-five protected second, round, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm I'm not that worried. Yet. Um, yeah. What, uh, what about uh, what about Marcus Morris? What about him? <laughs> is he someone? <laughs> so would you be someone like? Is he someone that you're just like? His New Year's resolution has to be. He also needs to be traded because it's the highest value the Knicks are ever going to get. And if they're not going to keep him long term, like just get something out. Of yeah, it. if you're if you're not going to get him long term, get a first round pick for him. You absolutely should be able to get a first round. I refuse to hear any argument that if they choose to trade him and then they can't get a first round, like you either got to get a first round pick or like some intriguing young player that is not just like you know just some like severe reclamation project, but somebody that actually has uh, some upside and some established baseline of production. Um, Whatever. You need to get something that can potentially be an asset. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I'm at with Morris. I'm less... I, again, I'm, there's just like, if you trade him, that's great. I'm fine with that. I don't necessarily think it's egregious to not trade him, but that's also contingent on... You must also be very confident that he will um, be with the Knicks beyond the season. And if you have any concern about that, then you then you should just trade him now. Who would even be... Was there have there been any reports? Maybe I missed them. But like, who'd even be interested in Morris if that's the uh, if that's the case? Because like, I can't even think of who would be the interesting Blazers, so, Jazz, uh, Denver. I saw Wad said Clippers is definitely one. Uh, they're probably Eastern Conference team. I mean, there are plenty of Eastern Conference teams. Fucking the Bucks, uh, the Sixers, um, maybe Miami. Like, there are plenty of teams that would. That he, I mean, he fits on, like, any team in the entire NBA just because of, like, the profile of player he is, right? Um, so, yeah, like, I, I I think that you should be able to create, like, a bidding war um, in some way. And if that means that you have to take on, like, if you have to, you know, if to get a better asset, you also, that means that you have to, like, take on a contract that goes a year longer for, like, into next season, you should be, you should be willing to do that. That's fine. Okay, so no, that's totally fair. I would, I would do something like that. I'm trying to think of like, I don't know if we should go through like every player on the roster, or should we like do a couple, just only like a few more? Because I feel like we need to touch on Mitch, which I think we could do that right now. But I'm trying to see if there's anyone else who's like even like super pressing. But for me, Mitch has to be the uh, the fouling. But uh, I kind of figured the fouling was going to be an issue this season anyway. So I think it's just more of like he needs to make sure in like year three oh. this doesn't doesn't you know. Happen. It's easy with Mitch, right? You know, foul less, shoot threes. <laughs> that's all I want. That's all, I, have I you taken not, a single three yet? No, not yet. I, that's it. That's all I want. I want him to to foul less and shoot a three every now and then. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah, like he, teams leave him like wide open, not because he's rarely ever beyond the three point line, but they keep him wide open at like twenty feet, and I don't want him taking like the twenty footer mid range shot. But I wouldn't mind if he just like I don't know, just like did a dribble, step back, not like a step back, but you know, dribble two step back and just like set his feet and take a shot. I, I would love to see that. I would be okay with him taking a twenty footer right now. Um, I just want him to shoot at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I just I hate the twenty footer so much. It's just. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Just any sort of like shot because the teams are giving it to him. So that'd be wonderful if he just like jacked one off. I would, I'd be very happy if he did you just say, did you say, did you just say jacked one off. 
<laughs> yeah, I would love if, yeah, I would love if uh, Mitchell Robinson would just jack one off on the uh, on the court with everyone watching and playing. Oh, and screen. Screen, screening. Yeah, screening has improved, actually. Of late. It has, yeah. It's, it's really funny, because like, he was like, he may have been like the worst screener on the team <laughs> when Fizdale was around, so now he's like not the worst screener, but he still has like a lot way to go, because all he needs to do is just a little bit of contact, and it gives so much more room for everyone, and he just can't do that consistently, and it's so frustrating. Uh, everybody's screen. a lot of the screening, and like the, it's the details that have improved the screening being one. I mean, that's like a team-wide thing, but obviously it's more important that like Mitch's screening improves than like fucking Bobby. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I'm, uh, I'm totally with you. Frida, did you have any uh, Mitchell Robinson news? Yeah. Or? I mean, uh, the jump shot would be nice. I do have, I have a big issue with Mitchell Robbins. I, I, I love him as a player, but I do have a big issue. Oh, okay. Uh, Still it. The man doesn't have a low post game. No, he does not. He no, does he not. doesn't. I, I really need that out of, out of my center. I guess some people, you know, they, they, they look, overlook that. He's a big guy. He's athletic. You'll get by it. But I really think as a, as a big man, you're only going to take your next step having a low post game. You don't need a low post game. Rick Carlisle told me that. Yeah, Rick Carlisle said you never need to uh, use the post again because, oh my God. The, you know, the, the triple post <laughs> offense right. that uh, Phil Jackson ran is no longer a thing. Car- he he was just stumping first player. He knows a post shot is just a bad shot for fingers. That, that, that's, all <laughs> that's all it was. He, 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 he's, he's just, you know, he's just standing up for his player. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Uh, the post thing with Mitch is annoying. Um, I don't know if we're ever in a post game from him, but it's weird because like he's a he's not, and it's like it's not just dunking, but he's actually like shown pretty good touch and feel around the rim, um, and like kind of like some creative finishes before. So like that that part is there. I just don't know if he has any concept. And he, at this point, he's also like he's so not strong enough to back guys down. So that might be another limiting factor for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I wish he would show I, – I just want him to, like – I wish he would, like, push his boundaries a little bit more in terms of shooting and, yeah, like like he's in the post. Yeah, I, I kind of want to – the post stuff was really annoying me. Yeah. A lot when, like, you know, with, like, Carlisle and people talking about it because it's one of those things in stats where we kind of – what, what is going on? Do I have to cut this out and your directory code? Hello? Hello? Serious is Frito. Sorry, I put you guys on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. No, we're gonna we're gonna keep that in the uh we're gonna keep that in the pod. But uh okay. okay, so no, what I was talking about the post is so like you hear Carlisle talking about how like the post is dead and you have a lot of the uh the stat people kinda like echoing that sentiment and I just wanna for people who I, I would assume the people who listen to the show kind of know the nuances of this type of statistic stuff, but they're speaking more of, like, a, in a general sense, right? Like, generally speaking, you don't want to just, like, make your offense completely post-shot-centric, right? I think that the stats kind of back that out in terms of, like, an efficiency standpoint, but it's they're not talking about it in a micro sense. And that's the thing that with, uh, with Porzingis that everyone kind of failed to, like, miss was that... In the playoffs, there's going to be a game where he needs to post up and he needs to score in order for the match to win. And if he can't do that, yeah. that limits him. And 
and I that's almost completely lost on so much of like when we talk about statistics and points per shot and all these sort of things. It's when we talk about it, we're, it's in a very general sense, like a long-term general sense, not in a micro sense. And it just really bothers me that that argument is very mischaracterized because like someone like Embiid, like he's shooting 1.14 points per possession on post-ups. Like that's really good. And that's going to help the Sixers a lot in games because he also generates fouls from uh, from posting up and those sort of things. So like, and then the importance of it in terms of like spacing and how you're passing, coming out of it with players cutting and whatnot. Like Jokic posts up all the time, and he's setting players up, but he's doing that to set players up for cuts and back screens, all these sort of things. So it, I don't know, it it always gets me because I feel like it's just a mischaracterization of stats, and it, and I don't like it when my you know my beloved stats are being mischaracterized. Capitalized. So that's my uh, that's my rant on a uh, on post play. <sighs> Who else yeah. do you have left? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I basically killed the podcast. Um, well, I just learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do we have left? You want to talk about like Dotson? No, not really. What about Dennis Smith? <laughs> I mean, oh, as, as Swin was saying earlier, it's just like the season has been kind of depressing. You know, it's a, it's all a lot of players that just seem like they're not worth a damn. Yeah. yeah and Dotson's fine. Like, I don't really know what fine, yeah. we should even expect from him, like, other than... I just want him to shoot threes. Um, Dennis Smith, like... It seems like I he's shot. It's like falling off a bit. It seems like he's hesitating to shoot more, which is weird. Um, with Dennis Smith, like... I actually really feel bad for him in the sense of, like, I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of his, but, um, like, he's really in his own head now, and I don't know, like, I mean, obviously his stepmom passed away, and, like, maybe that's something that was kind of hang over him for a while. We don't know, right? We don't know the specifics of it. It might have been a situation that had kind of, um, maybe he was dealing with it for a while, maybe even over the summer or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, something is not right with him mentally, obviously. Uh, he's not even, like, like, I mean, the guy's explosive, and he's not even, like, looking to drive half the time. It's just really weird. It's, it's like, depressing watching him play because it's so obviously a guy that, like, has all this natural talent but is, like, so incapable of using any of it productively at the moment. Uh, and then, like, you know, there's the, the weird shot hitch, which, you know, it wasn't even, like, his shot was actually, like, considered a strength as a prospect initially. Um, so I don't know. The whole thing with him is weird. I don't know if it's a New York thing. I, I don't know what is going on with him. Um, but I, I I would like him to get traded because I just don't see us like investing the time in him uh, that he needs and the patience that he requires to like potentially get himself right. Um, I think it probably means that he would have to go to Westchester for an extended period of time. And I don't know if the Knicks would do that, and I don't know if he would respond well to that. So um, whatever the case is, I'm just like, I think maybe a, a fresh start for him would be best, um, and maybe best for the Knicks too. And, like, that sucks. Uh, it sucks that he was, like, obviously uh, thought of to be kind of a key component of the KP trade. So, like, obviously we'd be selling very, very low on him. Um, but, like, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you have to move on from mistakes. You can't just keep trying to like salvage them potentially. Uh, and like, you know, if he had been, if he had shown more, if he was even playing as like he did last year uh, with the Knicks, I would not want to trade him at all. I wouldn't even see the argument for it. But he's not playing like that at all this year. He's just he's playing so timidly and within himself. So I don't know. I I just I think it might be best for him 
and for us, we kind of moved him on somewhere else. But I, I don't know. I, it's it's really just depressing to be watching him play. Just the way he is playing right now is depressing. Well, you know, I'm I'm completely with you on that. And I feel like that'd be a good way, but I think to uh, talk about some Star Wars since we have a uh, Fredo on. So uh, Schwinn and I haven't seen the last. Uh, was it the Rise of Skywalker? I was going to say the last Skywalker. Uh, we haven't seen the Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. We haven't seen that uh, yet. So we you guys can't talk about I'll yeah, tell you so, that. All right. Well, <laughs> we can't talk about that. Schwinn hasn't finished The Mandalorian, and which is very upsetting because he needs to hurry up and finish it. Which yeah, because it was you know it's an amazing show. It's amazing. There's so much TV on, man. There's so much TV right now. Yeah, but The Mandalorian is The Mandalorian's on? the way. You this need to the prioritize way, it, man. Every episode is just, you get hooked every single episode because just because it's a self-contained plot and you know it's gonna come to a conclusion by the end of the episode instead of some overarching plot that you have to watch all eight, ten episodes, whatever series to to understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I can go back uh, in like eight, I I want to watch episode seven again. I want to watch episode two again. Uh-huh. You know? uh, episode two. Why do you want what, Attack of the Clones? Why do you want to watch that? No, 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 I'm talking about uh, Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I was like, you want to watch Attack of the Clones right now? I've been watching The Mandalorian. I never watched Oh, that. no, no, no. Uh, Episode 2 of The Mandalorian is, like, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, with Baby Yoda lives. Uh, I'm not, I can't say anything. Uh, but, yeah, that episode I can always go back to. You know, I don't have to think. I have to binge watch the show to, to enjoy it. Yeah, that's what makes it real. I, I, it really does make it absolutely great. But we really want to talk about The Last Jedi because um, the three of us love it. And for some reason, we're in the minority somehow about how it's not like an actual Star Wars movie. And we don't understand that argument whatsoever. It's, it's, it's like one of the worst arguments I've heard ever. Like, how is it not? It's, I think it's it's one of my favorite of the uh, like, I, I like, too. like it's in favorite wise. It's not the best movie because the Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film. But Last Jedi is great. Like I don't understand how anyone could hate the Last Jedi. I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'm baffled by that. Yeah. I mean, there are like well, certain elements of it I can understand not liking, which is fine. But like as an overall movie, it's so much better than so many Star Wars movies. Like I don't even I. I mean, it's better than all the prequels easily. It's fucking yeah. way better than Return of the Jedi, which is like the campiest, most corny ending to trilogy possible. Um, I don't think it's better than Empire. It's obviously better. It's definitely better than Force of the Week. I don't know yeah. how that. And then you know maybe you can say A New Hope is on par with it, it just because it yeah, like established it's hard. like the folklore and the mythology of Star Wars. So like right. that. But like you know, it's just yeah, the, the last Jedi was good. And like I think the throne room fight. Like, granted, I have not. Seen the Rise of Skywalker. But I think the throne room fight is probably... I mean, that was my favorite Star Wars fight of all. I loved it. What's the last one? I had, like, so many moments that I can just say uh, my favorite Star Wars moments. Yeah. Favorite Star Wars moments? A lot of them, yeah. Oh, uh, one of my... All right, let me run through them. Yoda yeah. and Luke, amazing. Uh, throne room, uh, Luke versus Kylo on crate, which is one of the most Jedi things that happened in all of the Siaga. Uh... And I, I think that's probably why I really love The Last Jedi. I think it's it's the movie out of the prequels, the new trilogy, that it raises the DLT uh, to an extent. Unlike, oh, you guys see Rise of Skywalker, Jesus Christ, what it does to the DLT is disgusting. <laughs> but, no, yeah, and then you watch the prequels, watch it. 
Yeah, no, I, I, a lot of people have fun watching it, but I mean, uh, you guys, Alex Wolf hates it. I hate it. Uh, a lot of like the people that have liked the Last Jedi hate this movie and what it's done. So yeah, yeah. Uh, remember, remember the, the weirdest thing with Last Jedi is I swear when it came out, everybody was like, "This is awesome," and then somehow over like the following months, it became that awesome. I think what it was was like critics really liked it. And then like fans started seeing it more. And that's basically what happened. And there's like the fans like, oh, they ruined all the characters and stuff, and which they didn't. You know, Luke was inherently Luke in The Last Jedi. It, I don't know, it just didn't make any sense. But I do want to ask uh, Fredo, Fredo, what's uh, better, The Last Jedi or The Mandalorian? Oh, it's the last Jedi. It's my favorite Star Wars. I can't back off from that. It's you know, it, it's one of the like, one of the movies this recent times. I I I felt so many things watching it, and I think that's part of the reason I, I still love it so much. And I'm actually disappointed so people, so many people are going back on it and hating on it because like review sites like Cinescope, which ask audience members just leaving the movie theater for the review, they give it an A, and now everyone's lying like they just. They hate the movie. <laughs> that's, it, yeah, that's it's a very fun film to watch. I, I mean, when Kylo ends up tricking Snoke and kills him, my audience went absolutely nuts. Like, uh, all three times we, we've seen it. The Rise of Skywalker doesn't have a single moment like that. That's, that's really upsetting. There's, um, for Is the throne room scene better than when Anakin just says, like, this is pod racing? Yes. Okay. I don't know, man, because this is pod racing is one of my favorite moments of any Star Wars movie. My favorite <laughs> moment of any Star Wars movie is the discussion about sand. Oh, oh yeah, my that's, god! That's <laughs> you guys play Star Wars Battlefront? Uh, I do not. I, I did oh. until they. I did until they decided to like strip down the game. Because remember, before everything oh. was like free and you could do all these different things, and yeah. I was super excited. I was like, I was having so much fun. And then I was like playing like 2K for a while. And then I went to revisit uh, Battlefield. And they like, EA like took away everything. I couldn't do anything anymore. And I'm like, what the hell is this game now? And I'm like, fuck this. And I basically stopped playing it. I, I, I loved the original, like when Battlefield first came out. I thought this game was great. And then EA yeah. ruined it. The last well, they had a new match update. Rogue Squadron. Uh, yeah. Guess what? That's the first online multiplayer Battlefront game I was... I kid you not, I was top, like, 20 in the world for multiplayer. <laughs> I was elite. I was, like, destroying people as, as, as middle school at the time. But the thing about Battlefront, Battlefront 2, the new one, they just had a Rise of Skywalker update. I do recommend you play it. And there's actually a lot of funny quotes that if you play as any of the heroes, it happens. Like, if you play as Anakin Skywalker and he spawns, if you're on, uh, I forgot which map, but it's a map of sand. He, he does a quote. He, he repeats that that line, uh, I hate sand. And he goes into like a whole like monologue over it. It's, it's hilarious. Oh, that sounds that sounds wonderful. Man, I may, yeah. I need to I may need to uh check that back out. Oh god, but there's so yeah. many great things from like the sand, the pod racing. Uh it's just, just I love the prequels. I really do. Uh Well, if you love uh, the prequels, Clone Wars comes back in February. What comes back in February? The Clone Wars the animated series. Oh, it's, uh, the final season. Oh, right, right, right. I've been I started watching that on uh, Disney Plus. It's been absolutely great. The uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah. The the uh, yeah. I forgot how bad. Like the worst part of Phantom Menace is that like it could have been good, but the acting is so fucking bad in like that entire movie. It's like there's like Ian McGregor and Liam Neeson who are good, and then everybody else is just 
objectively horrible. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else is so bad at acting. And, like, that young Anakin kid is the worst thing ever. I yeah. cannot believe yeah. he got cast as Anakin. Like, he's th- it's it's like you know somebody's bad at acting when you can literally tell they're acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's those kind of issues I have episode one. Uh, we, we did a, a breakdown on it in one of our recent episodes. And, like, one thing was the, the child actor, I feel bad for saying this, but he, he should have been, uh, he should have been Padme's age. Yeah, what the hell was that right about? Then. Why would, that was so weird, right? <laughs> you mean all the statutory rape stuff? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I think that the, 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 the worst part of episode one, which is pretty universally, like, known, is Jar Jar Binks. He hijacks, hijacks the entire movie. I disagree. I, I can't go back on it. I disagree. Okay, I the, think George the, was good. The problem, the problem is that, like, okay, yes, I kind of agree with that, but I think it's, it would be, a, it, it's because he, he pussy out of the Darth Jar Jar, like, arc, that, like, should have oh happened. Oh, my God. So, like, but, like I, if he had I done that, that yeah. if, he, if he had done that, then you would go back and watch The Phantom Menace and be like, oh, my God, Jar Jar is a fucking maniac. Yeah. Like, next level, <laughs> that is playing. And instead... Like, you have to go back and watch that movie, and you're like, what the hell was the point of this guy? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, I know. It's, and then it's even weirder when you then watch, like, um, episode two and episode three, because there are clearly, like, scenes where where he is, like, he's, like, with Palpatine, and he's, like, like, you know what I mean? And you're like, this would all make so much more sense if you had just gone through with your original plan. Yeah, so what I usually do is for the prequels is I just watch the first movie, pretend Darth Jar Jar happened, then skip to the uh, the last half of Revenge of the Sith, and I think it's the greatest you know story ever told. <laughs> My perspective, the Jedi are evil. Oh God. <laughs> From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> like, yeah. You just killed, like, 600 babies. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> oh, I God, hate but... that whole build-up. It's so weird. He goes from, like, not being sure, like, being devastated about killing Hindu, to then, like, he's just like, okay, fine, I will commit genocide against these <laughs> children. In the very next scene. The very next scene. It, it's just, it's the very, it's the same exact night. It, the, the sun has not risen. He's just broken up. He's, he's crying over betraying uh, the Jedi and then, oh, fuck it, I'm going to just go kill some kids. It, 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 the, the whole pacing of that movie is, ah. Yeah, and, and then, like, it's also, like, they also kill, like, thousands of Jedi really easily. Like, yeah. I'm like, wait, aren't the Jedi supposed to be, like, these awesome, you know, fucking warriors, and you're just, like, yeah. easily able to annihilate all of them in one night? Well, <laughs> what the fuck is going on they make it, And then they make it some, like, heartbreaking sequence, but they've never, like, connected to the audience whatsoever. I, I, I know nothing about any of these Jedi except for Mace Windu, Yoda, and Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you see them all getting gunned down, and you hear the sad music playing. Oh, okay, let's get, get it over with. <laughs> I just want to point out that the Jedi were uh, were mercenaries in the prequels, and that was actually not the uh, that was not the way that they were supposed to act. They were mercenaries of the uh, Republic. Oh, that's what, which that, yeah, that's why people have such a huge issue with the Last Jedi. That's what they wanted Luke to be. Yeah, and he, that's not what the Jedi were about. So uh, learn up on your your Jedi lore, uh, critics. Which is yeah, um, I think we've rambled enough too much. <laughs> about the uh, the last Jedi and Star Wars. <laughs> so um, 
this is time for plugs. So, Fredo, what are you plugging? Uh, well, we're going to do a Mandalorian uh, review for the last two episodes, hopefully Monday, drop it Monday night, if you guys want to get on that. And just follow me on Twitter, FredoTheGod7. Uh, I talk a bunch of Knicks, and if you don't get angered easily, you'll probably have a fun time. Yeah, and the um, and this is the uh, the real Fredo, not a go Knicks tape Fredo. Just want to clarify everyone. That man is a thief. He is a thief. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've been tried. I tried to be nice for so long because I know he's definitely a kid back there. But if you're going to be it, part of Twitter, taking tweets from everyone, it it's gonna make some enemies. Oh man, poor uh, poor go Knicks tape. Uh, Schwinn, what do you want to plug? Um, uh, I don't know. Not really anything. I'm going to, like, write something at some point in life again. Oh, that's nice. You know. I'll probably wait on that. <laughs> that's all I got for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything for me to uh, to plug. I'm going to plug The uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I just finished the uh, most recent season. Definitely recommend that uh, that show. Um, the Mandalorian. I mean, if you haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, I mean, you should probably be sent to jail or worse things happen to you. Um, I watched... I watched Little Women um, this past yesterday. Actually, yeah, yesterday. Highly referred. Yeah, this past. Yeah, time is time is just a flat circle. Um, Little Women is excellent. I would definitely recommend watching that movie if you get a chance. If you don't want to watch uh, The Rise of Skywalker, go watch Little Women. And I'm going to be working on an article for posting and toasting pretty soon. Basically, talk about like defense and the Knicks just like shitting on the Nets. Oh, that's pretty uh... much. Just uh, since this is happening live, apparently Luca hurt his back and he went back to the locker room just now. So Uh-oh. That's not good. Karen Porzingis a hard pass. Hey, oh, you know what I want to plug? I want to plug Draymond Green. Uh, oh, friend, yes. Friend, uh, yes. Friend of the show, Draymond Green. Whenever you want to come on, Draymond, you're more Draymond, than you're, you, you can have the whole show to yourself for hours at a time. We will gladly have you on to talk about anything, really, especially you shitting on Porzingis. Yeah. Yeah, and I would like to, you know, if he has any backstory, I'm I'm all ears. I'm very, um, very willing to overlook his uh, controversial Michigan State past, but <laughs> yeah, we'll overlook we'll overlook that, and uh, we'll hang your rafters at Madison Square Garden. Your rafters? I mean, no, we'll hang your jerseys in the rafters. <laughs> oh, God. See, this is why I shouldn't be uh, talking this late at a uh, lit night. Yeah, we'll hang your jersey in the rafters at Madison Square Garden. You earned it. I would say he's he's definitely now just an ally and a friend and a and a beautiful person. <laughs> I just love everything about Draymond. He's just he's perfect. He he doesn't do anything wrong. And greatest yeah, player I ever seen. Yeah, he's he's the greatest power forward to uh to ever play basketball. And that'd probably be the best way to uh to end the show, guys, on that note. So uh see you until next week. 